All right, guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I am your host, Don Q. How's it going out there today? It is Sunday, November 28th, 2021. How's it going out there today, guys? Hope everyone had a fantastic uh, Thanksgiving Day break. Was not here uh, Wednesday or, or, well, I'm here today. Wednesday or Friday, I should say. Didn't really uh, kind of... The way trends go with podcasting is generally the numbers fall over holidays like that, especially when the holidays in the week on a Thursday. People traveling, people see, you know visiting family, whatnot. So I really didn't want to worry about getting on the mic and doing stuff because I figured by the time anyone had a chance to listen to it, it would have been old news. So I was kind of like, eh. But what we will do is talk about some new stuff, and hopefully it's stuff you guys haven't heard about. I'm sure it is some stuff, but, you know, we'll see what happens. The uh, stories that I have today are as such. Is Russia attempting to overthrow the Ukrainian government? Then also Biden, President Poopy Pants himself, facing new criticism over the XL pipeline cancellation. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, guys. There is a new COVID variant. If I have time after that, I'll try to get to our feel-good story of the day. It all depends on how long-winded I get with these three stories. It doesn't seem like much, but trust me, I got a lot of crap here to pack into it. And I want to try and stay at an hour or less. So before we get into our first story, let's talk about our first sponsor. That's Redcon1.com. Guys, if you follow the the show on Facebook, you would see that I posted an ad for Redcon the other day because they had a great... Black Friday sale and their Black Friday sale wasn't just for Friday, it was the whole weekend so if you happen to be listening to this and it's still Sunday go on to their website Um, they're literally giving you $135 worth of product if you order $50 okay, (laughs) so click the link at the bottom of the podcast app that'll take you straight to their website Um, and it's important to do that, that way you get the credit for this show you know it's kind of like when you see you know different sponsors whatever and they say use tv code blah blah blah, whatever same difference so use uh code t20 quartermus that will all be at the bottom of the uh, podcast whatever podcast app you're listening to um click the link use the code you'll get your actually i think it's 40 percent off right now with that code plus if you spend 50 dollars or more you know, obviously, the more you spend, the more you'll get. But at least $50 after discount, you'll get the $135 worth of swag. And there's, I think there's a T-shirt, some Total War, a mixer cup, some workout straps, a bag. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff there. But check them out. Guys, I'm telling you, for uh, if you use protein, if you use pre-workout, anything like that, creatine, those types of things, it's a great website. They always have great deals. Um, the, the prices are... They seem, I should say, expensive, but when you get discount codes, they give you free stuff. They they throw a lot of stuff into the mix, and really the prices aren't any that much higher than going to Walmart or GNC or whatever and buying your stuff, in all honesty. The Total War, for example, on the website is a little bit cheaper than it is at Walmart, okay? Plus, you get a discount if you use my code, right? <laughs> so... You might have to wait a day or two to get it, depending on where you're at in the country. Um, but nonetheless, great stuff, great company. Check them out. Also, while we're talking about podcast apps, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast, guys, please, 
If you could give me a five-star rating, that would be great. We are slowly but surely getting the downloads that we're looking for. Uh, we just eclipsed over 5,000 downloads, so I appreciate that with you guys uh, listening to the show and sharing it with your friends. But if you can keep on doing that, that way we can continue to grow and uh, spread the word. Um, so what we'll do is we'll get into our first story here. And uh, I guess the question is, is Russia, I mean, we've heard this before, is Russia attempting to take over Ukraine? Now, we've heard in the past this has been an issue. This isn't anything new. But the um, the size of the matter, I would say, is is what's getting concerning. So now this is out of Euro, Euro News, and I'm assuming this is in Europe. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to read this here. Tensions have been rising again along the Russia-Ukrainian border with Kyiv and Washington raising the alarm at what they say is an unusual buildup of Russian troops. Ukrainians or Ukraine's defense ministry claimed earlier this month about 90,000 Russian soldiers were stationed near their border in a rebel-controlled area in the Ukraine's east. Units of the Russian 41st Army have remained in Yelna, a town 260 kilometers north of the Ukrainian border, according to the ministry. Um, excuse me, fighting off a little bit of a cold here too. <laughs> Uh, what we see is significant large Russian military buildup. We see an unusual concentration of troops, and we know that Russia has been willing to use these types of military capabilities before to conduct aggressive actions against Ukraine. The comments came after reports that the United States warned the European Union that Moscow may be planning an invasion of its ex-Soviet neighbor. Russian officials have denied that they are planning an in incursions into Ukraine, citing that they called many threats from Ukraine and allegedly provocative actions by U.S. warships in the Black Sea. So I guess they're trying to make it our fault. <laughs> Russia has supported a separatist insurgency in eastern Ukraine that erupted shortly after Moscow's 2014 annexation of Crimea. The conflict has left more than 14,000 people dead. In the spring of this year, the massive buildup of Russian troops near the border raised concerns in the Ukraine and in the West, F uh, fueling fears of an excellent, uh, if I could speak, I'm telling you right now, escalation of hostilities. <laughs> but the troops were eventually pulled out. A few weeks, U.S. President Joe Biden held a summit with the Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin. Could, um, could the latest military buildup of different nature namely a prelude to Russian invasion. Uh, Euronews spoke to a military foreign policy expert, shed light on the Russian troops' movements and their implications for Russia, or you can't, I'm sorry, for the Ukraine and its Western allies. Um, so on this article, they post a lot of pictures, uh, satellite pictures, and it's very disconcerting. This is, uh, so this particular picture is, um, and that Yelena, Russia, which is just two, 260 kilometers north of um, Ukrainian border. And this was November 9th. And there's quite a bit of artillery there. If, um, you know, if, if it's a situation where they're, whether they are invading or if they're um, supporting a, um, what was it, a... Uh, 
you know, a, a rebel. I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but, <laughs> you know, they said they were uh, looking to uh, back a, re- a rebel uh, situation there. Either way, it's still the same situation, whether they are physically invading or they're supporting those who are trying to overthrow the Ukrainian government, whether they're separatist or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, it's the same difference, you know, uh, much in the sense of like, say, Vietnam or the Korean War, where the uh, North Korean or the Viet Cong in Vietnam, it wasn't, it was them, yes, it was the North Koreans, it was the Viet Cong in Vietnam, but it wasn't just them. They were being supplied by the uh, Chinese. And, you know, whether there was or wasn't Chinese um, troops in, in country, who's to say? But um, nonetheless, the the uh, the artillery and the hardware and whatnot that was being used, for the most part, was. And then, you know, you go to Afghanistan back in the 80s, um, where we <laughs> essentially um, supplied... Afghani troops with military hardware and stuff to fight the Russians. I mean, we all do it. But it wasn't so much when we supplied this for the uh, Afghanis, it wasn't to overthrow a government. It was to protect themselves from Russia trying to take over them. So let me read on. Often it's just radar imagery, so you don't know. So you know there are sort of military formations there because the vehicles they operate are full of iron, so they're not typically lorry type of reflection, but you don't know whether it's actual self-propelled tank, gun, or main battle tank, or another armored fighting vehicle. So, I, this is a very long article. I'm not going to sit here and read it word for word. I'll, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and keep the article. I'll put it up on the show notes. Um, but Zelensky, who is the Ukrainian um, president, he told... Uh, Reuters, I'm sorry, um, that the Ukraine has uncovered coup plots involving Russia. And, of course, the uh, Kremlin denies this. Uh, You know, of course they wouldn't, right? So this is November 26th. President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky on Friday said Ukraine had uncovered a plot to overthrow his government next week involving individuals from Russia caught on tape talking about roping Ukraine's richest businessmen into backing a coup. The Kremlin denied any role in the coup plot, and the businessmen called the president's account an absolute lie. Zelensky himself gave few details and stopped short on saying whether he believed the Kremlin was behind the plot. Before I read on, I'm going to say this about that. If <laughs> if someone's gonna, if someone's accusing you of something... And you're doing it, uh, for the most part, you're probably gonna deny it, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna sit there, yeah, we're trying to we're trying to take over your country, you caught us. Of course they're gonna deny it. That's fucking stupid. Oh, uh, you know, uh, Russian denied it and the businessmen denied it, so no bubbles, no troubles. Okay. So let me continue here. But the accusation raised the temperature in time when Kyiv and the Western allies have already accused Moscow of massing troops near the Ukrainian border for possible assault. They suggested Moscow dismissed as false and alarmist. So if you take these two articles and you kind of mix them together. So in the last article, it was saying that the, the buildup of troops, of the Russian troops, was to uh, arm or help or whatever rebels in, in the Ukraine. So who's to say, if you look at this article where it was uh, 
supposedly uh, Russia was trying to get you know rich businessmen to to um, you know finance the coup. Same difference. It, you know, it's just different words. You know, re- when you think of rebels, like when I say, "Oh, the Russian was backing rebels," blah blah blah, you think of you know a bunch of ragtag guys, you know, with rifles and you know slingshots or something. But it very well could be businessmen, could be, you know, an insurrection of their own, so to speak. But nonetheless, the thing that's concerning about all of this is it seem, it doesn't seem like a big deal. Like to us in America, we think, okay, Russia may or may not be financing or trying to take over Ukraine or trying to finance a coup or trying to support a coup or whatever the case may be. And we think, okay, what does that got to do with us, right? The interesting thing about it is looking at Biden's history with Ukraine and Biden's uh, Hunter Biden's involvement with Ukraine. And we know about the, the quid pro quo that Joe Poopy Pants McGee did with the, the Russian, or I'm sorry, the Ukrainian president and the Ukrainian uh, prosecutor that was in, you know, investigating the, uh, the gas company there in, in Ukraine over Hunter Biden's dealings and whatnot. So this kind of forces the U.S.'s hand in this situation, or not so much the U.S., but Biden, where if they have secrets, if they know things, well, who's to say they don't try and blackmail Biden? But that's irregardless. My point is, is we, most Americans would think, okay, who cares? Russia, you know, we didn't give a shit when they took over Crimea. You know, who's to, who cares about if, if they take over, um, you know, Ukraine, or yeah, you, the Ukraine, you know, what's the big deal? Well, I'm going to say this about that. So World War II, is anybody, okay, most people, if you don't really know your history, when we, and I say we, I'm talking about the U.S., got involved in World War II, it was because we were basically staying out of it. It was kind of like none of our business. And, you know, initially, um, when we didn't get involved until Japan bombed Pearl Harbor and, uh, that kind of forced us into the war. And I think we probably on beforehand lend it some sort of support to the allies, to, uh, England and France and whatnot, but not so much troop wise, or it might've been more, uh, uh, supply wise. And, uh, but really World War II started on um, September 1st of 1939. Now, we, this country, really didn't get involved. I believe it was 41, right, when Pearl Harbor was bombed. So, um, the reason World War II started was because German Germany invaded Poland. So, another reason why we probably initially didn't get involved. Same reason... Russia goes into Ukraine. Okay, whatever. Well, it's the same thing. Germany goes into Poland. We were probably like, eh, whatever. It wasn't until Japan invaded us that we said, wait a second. <laughs> you know. So I wouldn't look at it as such a little thing would be my, my point because you, uh, like I said, it's easy to dismiss what's going on because it doesn't directly involve us. But who's to say that Russia invades Ukraine? In the meantime, China's over here licking its chops trying to, they want every bit of Taiwan, right? 
So who's to say they're not sitting there like, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? So it's the same situation in a sense of World War II where you had Germany trying to take over Europe, right? You had Japan trying to take over Asia. Same thing. You had, and then Italy, which was obviously part of Europe, was going to go south. They were going to take over Africa. And that was the, the grand plan. So who's to say that now Russia tries to take over Europe and China tries to take over Asia. And it starts with little things like Ukraine and Taiwan. And then if we're going to be like, no bubbles, no troubles, we're not getting into it. Well, who's to say that one of those two entities don't bomb Pearl Harbor, for example. I'm not saying Pearl Harbor will get bombed, but I'm just using that as an example in a uh, timeline of events. So I don't know. I just think it's interesting and it's something that we really should be paying attention to. And not many people are talking about this. Uh, these stories, like I said, I got from Euro News and Reuters. You know, you don't see it much on Fox and and uh, CNBC and all these other places. So it's, it takes some digging to find stuff like this. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully everything will work out. But in the meantime, um, you guys need to be prepared. Be prepared for everything. So um, I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to go into the next story here with uh, President Poopy Pants McGee Biden. And how um, Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia is really, really getting on his ass about the uh, closure of the XL pipeline, which he pretty much did day one, you know, as soon as he was signed in. That was one of the executive orders that he signed was closing that pipeline. And uh, which you guys all know this every time you go to get gas, right? So I, I'm glad that Manchin's doing this, and the reason I say that is because him being a Democrat, it holds a lot more credence to the fact of, you know, versus a Republican senator or congressperson or whatever doing this. So here's the, um, <clears throat> this is the energy secretary the other day, and um, she was asked a question by a reporter because if you guys didn't know this, Biden come out the other day saying he was going to release 50 million barrels of oil out of the emergency reserves, you know, to help with whatever. Thinking that's a shit ton, 50 billion. Here's the here's the thing, dipshit. If you had not closed the pipeline, you wouldn't have to do this. We were energy independent. For the first time in a very, very long time, we didn't have to depend on anybody else to give us oil. We didn't have to depend on OPEC. We didn't have to depend on Russia. We have the resources in this country. Not only that, but you also alienated our strongest ally in Canada because guess where that oil was coming from? <laughs> All right, so here's a reporter. He's going to ask the, the energy secretary here. And then it's going to be followed up by Senator Kennedy from Louisiana and his response and what he thinks about Biden. There are various figures about this, so I'm curious if you know, how many barrels of oil does the U.S. consume per day? I don't have that number in front of me, sorry. So some suggest it's about 18 million, which would suggest you're releasing less than three days' worth of supply from the petroleum reserve. Why is that enough? I think that the one of the differences between between people and dogs is that dogs would never allow the weakest or the dumbest to lead the pack. 
President Biden's energy policy is both weak and dumb. He and his woker friends have uh, eliminated, terminated, ended America's hard-fought energy independence. So um, the interesting thing there was you had, um, you know, whoever the reporter was, I'm not sure, uh, asked the question how many barrels are used per day, and, and she's like, I, I don't know. Okay, you're the energy secretary. Don't you think, regardless of somebody asking you that question or not, don't you think that would be something to know? <laughs> like, you're the energy secretary. We use oil for energy. You know, much to their dismay and the fact that they hate us using oil, We it is what it is, right? The phrase of the year. That, that, like I've told you guys in shows before, that is the phrase of the year. It is what it is. <laughs> but the thing that kills me is we're so worried about this Green New Deal and electric this, electric cars, and da-da-da-da-da. Um, unless you're going to put a, you know wind power plants or solar power plants in every nook and cranny of this country, you're going to have to use fossil fuels to, to uh, ignite that electricity. You know, some of the stupidest things you see is you see a Tesla car or whatever the case may be plugged in, you know, to, to get refilled. Well, in most, most places that you're getting your electricity is from a coal power plant. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know what to say what the end game is. But this is out of the New York Post. So Senator Joe Manchin shrugged at Biden administration's release of 50 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve on Tuesday, describing it as a Band-Aid on a self-inflicted wound, which, which is true. I mean, we cut ourselves, and then we're trying to cover it up with a Band-Aid, and calling the president to revive the canceled Keystone Pipeline. Manchin, the chairman of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee, decried what he called a, a short-sighted energy policy of the White House. He says... With an energy transition underway across the country, it is critical that Washington does not jeopardize Americans' energy security in the near term and leave consumers vulnerable, vulnerable <laughs> to rising prices. Manchin said in a statement, historic inflation taxes and the lack of comprehensive all-of-the-above energy policy pose a clear and present threat to America's economic and energy security that can no longer be ignored. I continue to call on President Biden to responsibly increase energy production here at home in a reserve course to allow the Keystone Pipeline to be built, which would have provided our country up to 900,000 barrels of oil per day from Canada, one of our closest allies. Manchin went on to be clear, this is um, about American energy independence and the fact that hardworking Americans should not depend on foreign actors like OPEC for our energy and security. And yeah, I mean, it's true. We, we as a country, even yeah, forget about me and you and the people that have to drive to work every day. Forget about us. Okay. Look at our military. Uh, last time I checked, we don't have solar powered battleships and solar powered uh, tanks or electric tanks or <laughs> electric planes, you know, whatever the case is. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure most of those tanks and vehicles run on diesel. 
A lot of those boats run on diesel, if not nuclear. Uh, a lot of the planes, I'm pretty sure all the planes use jet fuel, which is, you know, a, a fossil fuel, <laughs> same as the diesel. Um, now, if we were to go to war, like he's taking the 50 million whatever out of the strategic reserves, well, that's oil that we have for those reasons. Um, if we use our strategic reserve oil, and then, God forbid, we end up going to war, then what? What do we do then? You know, I mean, how about this? How about you have the pipelines open, working, built, finished, done, ready to go? Maybe if you want to limit the supply coming through the pipelines, you know, so be it, whatever. Um, but if the if the oil is available, there's plenty of oil in Canada, North Canada, Alaska, those areas. Why won't you have it? Why wouldn't you have it ready? Because <laughs> like I said, we are, God help us, because we are on the precipice of war. Whether you guys want to believe it or not, I'm not trying to scare anybody into this. It it's I, I personally believe it's going to happen sooner than later. And if oil makes the world go round, makes the battleships roll, the the whatever happen, what are you gonna do? Oh, I'm sorry, China, we can't fight today. We're out of gas. No, it's not gonna work like that. Um, and in the meantime. If we are fighting, if if the Middle East, if the places we get oil from right now, if we're getting them from OPEC, you know, which is the Middle East, they could just as easily shut us off. Not to mention that shit has to get over here somehow. So how's it going to get here? By boat, right? It's going to get here by those oil tankers. Well, they could easily cut that off. In time of war, that shit gets cut off. So what I'm saying to you, President Biden, is get your head out of your ass, okay? Open the fucking pipelines back up, and let's get the oil flowing, and let's get this country back again. Because you are so dead set at reversing everything Trump did, including things that are hurting this country. For what? Just because Trump did them? I mean, he's... Literally cutting off his nose to spite his face. So, on to the big story of the day. is what I think is the big story of the day. Is uh, we're all going to die. If you guys didn't know that, yeah. We are we are all about to die. Um, we got a new COVID variant. Surprise, surprise. Right? <laughs> what is this, number five, number six? And the alpha, the delta, the omega, the... The Moo, the Kappa Kappa Kappa, the, I don't remember them all. But now we have the, what is this one called? This one is called the Anal Variant, no, I'm sorry, Omniocron. Okay, so this is from CNBC. The World Health Organization on Friday assigned the Greek letter Omniocron to a newly identified COVID variant in South Africa. The UN Health Agency recognized the strain for first uh, referred to it as a lineage B11529 as the variant of concern. Health experts are deeply concerned about the transmissibility of the Omicron variant, given that it has an unusual constellation 
of mutations and a profile that is different from the other variants of concern. Omniocron is named as a variant of concern because it has some concerning properties. Uh, Maria Van Kerhove, the WHO's technical lead on COVID-19, said in a video published on Twitter, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter. The variant has a large number of mutations, and some of these mutations have some worrying characteristics. Experts fear that the sharp upswing in COVID cases in South Africa's uh, Gauteng province, where the heavily mutated strain of the virus was first identified, could mean it has greater potential to escape prior immunity other than variants, and um, I'm sorry, than other variants. The number of Omicron cases appears to be increasing in almost all of South Africa's province, the WHO reported. Which, interestingly enough, uh, President Poopy Pants shut off travel from South Africa and I think it was six or seven surrounding countries in Africa there. Which, if I'm not mistaken, when Trump did that, when he cut off travel from uh, Asia, he was being xenophobic and racist, right? So isn't it weird how, you know, Biden cuts off travel from South Africa, from the Southern African continent, not just South Africa, the country, but surrounding countries. And it's no bubbles, no trouble. He's trying to protect us. But once again, let me, I got a, a bevy of stories here on this. So now this, of course, we have to have, you know, Dr. Fauci check in on this, right? So he would not be surprised if Omicron is already in the U.S. This is day. He realized Shit, getting me. internet from one company <laughs> and TV from multiple. God bless. I swear to God, that's the bad thing when you're flipping through ads on, on your computer here. And I got everything plugged in through the soundboard. And these damn ads just start playing. It's fucking scared the shit out of you. Anyway, let me make sure this isn't going to start playing. Christ in heaven. I can read. I don't need it. Just keep playing. Anyway, Dr. Fauci said Saturday morning that he would not be shocked to learn that the COVID-19 Omicron variant is already in the U.S. In an interview on NBC's Weekend Today show, the... N-I-A-I-D-A-B-C-D-E-F-G, uh, oh, I'm sorry, it doesn't say all that. Director told co-host co Kristen Welker and Peter Alexander that the strain has a large number of mutations and that would suggest that it potentially may evade human, or I'm sorry, immune protection and that scientists can predict it to be more transmissible. Well, of course he's going to say evade immune protection because... What's what? What are a lot of people saying now that aren't getting the vaccine? Right, I got national immunity. Okay, so you know it's another scare tactic, I think, to get people vaccinated. And I've got more on on that and what I think here in a second. Let me continue to read here. So we don't know that yet, but if you have to be careful and to assume that that's the case, it's also a bunch of mutations that could would suggest it could evade the protection. For example. Of, of course. So here goes here goes the the spin. Okay, so what have we been doing, in, at least in this state? What has Governor DeSantis been pushing? Okay, so DeSantis believes if you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine, get with your doctor, do the things you should do, and if the vaccine's right for you, then by all means get the vaccine, right? But he also believes in no mandates, so he does. He believes and has now passed law in the state of Florida that your employer cannot mandate a vaccine, cannot mandate you show them vaccination status or anything like that 
Um, so in, in turn, so I think I personally believe that DeSantis believes the, the, uh, the uh, COVID shit is, you know, is a serious situation. Like I said, I had COVID. I believe it's true. And I believe some people get sicker than others. So whatever, I'm not going to go into that diatribe again. But what he did was he's given the residents of this state an option. Okay. You can get any one of the, of the vaccines. If you so choose, if you choose is the key word, you know, and, and most importantly, probably get with your uh, doctor on that because you could have an underlying health condition that causes you to get sick from that. If you're, if you're privy to getting uh, blood clots and if you have heart issues, if you have other issues, they're saying that you shouldn't get this vaccine because it could exacerbate those conditions. Okay. So what he did was he opened up these monoclonal antibody um, centers to help fight that. So like if you got COVID, you could go to these monoclonal places and it would help you get better quicker. So he says, Fauci, of course, the spin is, you know, the example of monoclonal antibodies and perhaps even covalescent plasma for people who have been infected and recovered and possibly vaccine. Those are all maybes, but he suggests enough. So he's suggesting that, <laughs> I mean, basically, because he even threw vaccines in there. I'm curious, is he trying to say that Nothing is going to protect you, so why push the vaccine? You're pushing a vaccine. Ugh, so frustrating. Continue the read. The chief medical advisor to the president said that the variant of concern's ability to infect the vaccinated and those who have recovered from infection make us say there's something you got to pay really close attention to and be prepared for something that serious. So what he's saying is that this particular variant shows an ability to infect vaccinated and people who have recovered from COVID, which is basically everybody. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, we do know that if you're vaccinated or if you're not vaccinated, you can still get whatever COVID, whatever branch of COVID you want to get, right? And you can also spread said COVID, right? <sighs> Though it may not turn out that way, Fauci noted, the U.S. was trying to get ahead of it despite the unknowns. Um, so in real terms, Dr. Fauci, do you believe the Omicron is already here? And he said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. We have not detected it yet, blah, 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 blah. Um, so this is, where it, this is where it's going to get interesting. So today's, well, today's Sunday. This pretty much all kind of came about on Friday. So the question will be if... So if we're blocking travel from South Africa, and I'm watching the news now, they just threw up the other seven countries, and it's regardless. They're the, you look at a map, look at Africa as the seven countries north of South Africa. <laughs> um, but uh, I think I saw where Israel is blocking all travel into or out of its country. So when do we start locking down again? When do we start doing another 15 days of slow to spread? Well, it's interesting because I saw, um, uh, I'm not going to read that because that's the same thing. Uh, I saw that uh, someone was saying that the, the, the side effects of this, so like, I don't know what variant of COVID I had. I, I don't know that there is a way to know other than maybe getting a blood test or whatever. 
All I know is I took the test. I tested positive. My, basically my, um, my, uh, uh, here, I'm going to read this real quick. This just popped up on the news. Tracking COVID-19 in the U.S. So Michigan, Maine, and New York, right? Uh, Michigan, 54%. 70, Maine is 72. New York is 68% of the population is vaccinated. And each one of those states is over 20-something percent plus COVID cases. Florida, 61% vaccinated and is negative 5%. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, not wishing bad upon anybody, but I spoke about this in the summertime where I said Florida was high at the time and everyone was calling them DeSantis and whatever. Um, and it was about, like I said, it's hot in Florida in the summer. News of the obvious, right? So people stayed inside, stayed in the air conditioner. People got sick. It spread it. That's how it works. Opposites happening in the north because it's cold. People are staying inside because it's cold. Anyway, um, Israel is closing its borders. Uh, Australia, well, Australia already had them closed. I think they, I think I heard where they had two cases of this Omni, whatever it is. Well, shit. Look at the way they're acting in general. Two new cases? Shit, they might start... They might start executing people. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 bad in Australia. I'm telling you right now, guys, if you don't know how bad it is in Australia, start looking up stuff. I don't want to tell you to go Google stuff. Like, that's the, the term that we all use. Google it. Google it. But if you don't have it on your phone, go and put DuckDuckGo on your phone because at least the searches are a little more true. You'll actually get what you're looking for instead of the suggested search like Google tells you. Look up what's going on in Australia right now. They're locking people up. They're locking them in their homes. They're under curfew. They can't go anywhere. These people aren't working. They're they're locked. They're locked down. You think we had it bad? I mean, granted, in Florida, we really didn't have it that bad at all and compared to other states. But um, if you look at look at uh, Australia, they were how kind of we were that the two weeks to slow to spread like in early March, how it was. I know how it was in Florida. I'm assuming it was like that everywhere. It's still like that. It's even worse than that. But anyway, so this is from the BBC. And this gentleman that's going to speak here, his name is, um, uh, what's the name? Paul Burton. He's the chief medical officer of Moderna. Moderna. I'm sorry. And, uh, Gentleman asked him a question here. I'm going to go ahead and play this, and uh, it's about a minute long, so just listen. Can I ask when you started to work on this and what your timeline is for it? Yes, yeah, so it's been the Thanksgiving holiday here in uh, in the United States, and we're a U.S.-based company. Uh, you know, we've mobilized hundreds of people here in the U.S. and around the world. We started that uh, really early on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day. Um, we should know about the ability of the current vaccine to provide protection in the next couple of weeks. But the remarkable thing about the mRNA vaccine, it's a Moderna platform, is that we can move very fast. Lots of people will be imagining you and your colleagues putting the Thanksgiving turkey to one side, going back to work at short notice to do this, and then will be asking themselves, OK, if we need it, when will we get the new Omicron uh, uh, vaccine from Moderna into our arms? How soon might it be available? If we have to make a brand new vaccine, I think that's going to be early 2021, uh, 2022, before that's really going to be available uh, in, in large quantities. 
So there you go, guys. You hear it. You heard it right there. There's Moderna. So that's just one company. You got Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson. That's America. I don't know what else is going on around the world as far as uh, vaccine companies. But um, they're already talking about making another vaccine. So at least with this this current uh, vaccine that we have, it was, what, one shot. Then it was two shots. Now it's a booster shot. Now it might be a fourth shot. It might be whatever. In my personal opinion, is it? I'm not a doctor, okay? By any stretch of the imagination, I get it, okay? Um, but it, in, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, vaccines are meant to be. I don't want to say one and done, but for the most part, it's a one and done. Now I know you have to, you know, over the course of time, maybe get a booster shot. Like if you were a child and you got your. Uh, you know, measles or whatever, and maybe six, 10, whatever years later, you had to get a booster shot to that, but not six, 10 months later or less in this case. Um, a question was posed. I saw this on Twitter is, and of course it's being politifact and, you know, I believe them about as much as I do, uh, you know, a crackhead with no teeth, but the questions being posed is the reason all these variants coming about because of the vaccines now we look at the flu shot now they're calling it the flu vaccine but that's only because they changed the definition of the word vaccine so they're calling it a vaccine when it really was never a vaccine and it isn't a vaccine because you uh, have to get it every year but nonetheless is every year the the flu strain of the flu changes thus the reason why you have to get a shot every year and even then there's varying uh strains of the flu that you might get, uh, you know, just for lame terms, you might get flu shot A, let's say, but in the meantime, you catch the B variant of the flu. You see what I'm saying? They, The flu shot that you might get if you go to Walgreens or wherever isn't one size fits all. It's based on a strain that they isolated and said, this is the one that we think will do the best, but it might not work. It's not guaranteed, much like it seems like the COVID vaccines aren't guaranteed to the point where now with this Omniocore, where they're saying it's not even, from what I've heard, it's not even that bad. Like the symptoms of it aren't as bad as, say, Delta was or whatever. And even then, I think the, the corona in general, whatever variant you might get, is only as bad as you are sickly. If, if that makes any sense, but nonetheless, you, um, they're coming, they're going to be coming out with another vaccine. It's like they, they have nothing better to do, but to come up with these vaccines, um, and do these multiple vaccines, these multiple shots, are they weakening people's immune systems? Probably. Are they causing these strains to change? You know, they're, you know, they're mutating, they're changing, they're, they're a live virus, they're changing. Something that's interesting, though. Now, this is from WebMD, okay? So, I, And I try to preface everything I tell you where I'm getting it from just so you don't think I'm getting everything from Fox or Newsmax. Now, I think I had uh, two articles on here for the day from different topics that we talked about that were from Fox, but everything else was different. You know, we had CNBC, we had Reuters, we had Euronews, Twitter, Newsmax, or I'm not, sorry, not Newsmax, but the that app I have on my phone, it's not Newsmax, I can't think of what it's called, Newsbreak or whatever. 
And this is from WebMD. So you can look this up yourself. You can go on WebMD. But so last year in this country, we had 17 million people die. No, I'm sorry. No, I was reading that wrong. <laughs> we had 300, roughly 385,000 people died in 2020 from COVID, allegedly. For sake of argument, we're going to say they died from COVID. Okay. This year, so far, we've surpassed last year's numbers and we're over 386,000. Okay. So if you take all of last year, so even if you just say 11 months out of the year last year, you know, because I don't know if anyone died in January, or February, and it was attributed to COVID or not, but. We, we didn't really hear, I mean, we, we heard about it in January. I don't know how closely you guys pay attention to stuff, but I remember hearing about COVID back in January because January is when, when Trump did the, you know, closed the travel from Asia and stuff and he was labeled racist and xenophobic and all this crap. But, uh, nonetheless, so in about the same time frame of 10, 11 months, however you want to calculate it. There's been more deaths this year than last year. Well, the key to that is this. Last year, we didn't know shit about shit, right? So COVID came upon us in January, February, March. We locked everything down. We did two weeks to slow to spread. Some states opened quicker than others. Some some states just now are getting reopened in the last couple of months, right? So um, no, we had no, um, no uh, vaccines, no... No way to fight this necessarily. We had, you know, you had some remedies. People are like, oh, take zinc, take your vitamins, do this, do that. But we really had no, no for sure whatever, right? All we heard last year was people are in the hospital, people are on ventilators, people, they're sending the Mercy ship here and they're sending the, the other ship there and people are dying. We're sticking them in um, nursing homes and so on and so forth, right? No vaccine, so 385 or yeah, 385,000 people died last year because of COVID. Vaccines didn't hit until January of this year. Biden became president January 20th this year, right? So in the 10 months that he's been president, and if you recall, he ran on the fact that he was going to eradicate this. He was going to be the president to get rid of this. Why Trump was not doing nothing and sitting on his hands and people were dying, I'm going to get rid of this. Trump gave you a vaccine. He handed you the vaccine. He did warp speed. Granted, he wasn't in the lab mixing the shit up. I get that. But he he gave the green light to these uh, pharmaceutical companies to get this vaccine going. He threw the money at it, needed to be thrown, so they could get the vaccines going. He handed you the, the solution to the problem in January when you got the keys to the house. He handed you the solutions to a lot of the problems in this country, and you reversed most of them. Close, you know, open the borders. Turn off the pipelines. You know, anything Trump, anything Trump could do, he could do better, right? And in the meantime, he handed you the solutions for this problem. And I recall back in, during the... Uh, election season, you know, him and uh, Kamala and pretty much anyone 
on the news that wasn't on Fox was saying, I'm not taking that vaccine. I'm not doing that. It's too soon. You can't claim you can't do a vaccine that quick. That's too soon. Now, all of those people, now that Biden's president, are all touting the vaccine, how great it is. Oh, everybody should do it. It's so great. I wonder if Trump had won how they would have been. But nonetheless, uh, you've had you have all this media support for the most part. I mean, hell, even on Fox News, I would say more than half of their TV talent is vaccinated. Not that they have to be, but because they chose to be. And plenty of them talk about it. So, I mean, and I have no ill will against anybody that's vaccinated. Please, if you're vaccinated, that's your that's your deal. I really don't care. I you know. I have no problem with anybody that wants to be vaccinated. I don't want to be vaccinated. I don't think we know enough about this vaccine to stick a needle in our arm. Okay? That's my belief. I'm not saying, I'm not even going to throw religion aspects into it because that's another situation. That's a story for another show. Um, And I believe in that too. But I'm not going to freak you guys out with, you know, the mark of the beast and all that stuff. That's, like I said, that's a story for another day. The facts of the matter are this. If you have the vaccine, great. I'm glad for you. I pray to God that you don't get sick and you don't get blood clots and you don't get, you know, heart disease or whatever else because we don't know enough about this vaccine for everybody to just run to to, to a local grocery store or local pharmacy rolling up their sleeves to get this because they're fucking scared. Proof is, last year, we had no vaccine. 385,000 people died. This year, we've had a vaccine for pretty much all year. We've already surpassed that number. We're still, and I don't know how how up to date this number is. I don't know that this. I mean, this report was on um, the twentieth. I think it said, yeah, twenty second. I'm sorry. So I don't know if that number is as of the twenty second, or if that was as of the end of of um, October. You know, but regardless, you still have another month or so of this year. So you might surpass 400,000 deaths, right? Especially with the deadly Omnicore, McGillicuddy, whatever it is, variant. Point being is, last year, you would watch any news network. I, I even think Fox had it on there, if I'm not mistaken, but I know CNBC and MSNBC and CNN and even your local news had the ticker at the bottom. It was almost like you're watching the stock market. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, there are 20 cases, 20,000 cases, 20,000 die, you know, whatever the, whatever the situation was. Like here in Florida, the local news channel I watch had it a rotating um, time ticker, and it was, uh, you know, U.S. It was world cases, U.S. cases, Florida cases, world deaths, U.S. deaths, you know, so on and so forth. And then Trump loses the election, Biden's in, no more ticker. And evidently <laughs> it's worse than it was last year. Um, I don't know that the, I don't know if the cases are higher or not. Um, I do know that the interesting thing is, is a lot of the cases now that are hitting in the North, because obviously, like I've said before, <clears throat> the North cold people staying inside, yada, yada, yada. Um, some of those states are highly vaccinated, you know. Uh, I think Vermont, I think, is, is one of the states that's like 100% vaccinated. You know, allegedly. I don't know how accurate the numbers are, but whatever. 100% vaccinated, and they're, they're skyrocketing. Their cases are skyrocketing per, you know, per capita. Um, 
But um, the uh, I don't think it has anything to do with being vaccinated or not vaccinated. I just I just don't think that the vaccines are doing anything for us. Um, other than you know, if we want to get into a conspiracy talk about the vaccines and what may or may not be the case, once again, we're going into an hour of this show. That's probably a show for another day. I might. I'm hoping to get Chris on this Friday, so maybe that's a bridge we we cross. Um, on Friday, we get into some conspiracy theory talk of of um what does this all mean? Because I can sit here and you know give you the Alex Jones, you know Wizard Illuminati, you know <laughs> whatever tinfoil hat speak the whole the whole nine yards. I could do that. Um. The funny thing about that is in conspiracy theories and, and uh, you know, whatever. Uh, the fact of the matter is you, you have a vaccine that is supposed to be saving lives, right? That's what they say. This is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Well, is it? Because it <laughs> doesn't seem to matter if you're vaccinated or not. Um, or is it something else? Right? Is it it is is it a situation where this vaccine is meant for something else? And we've talked about it on shows in the past, the uh guidestones in Georgia and Bill Gates this and you know, the WEF and the New World Order and all that stuff. Um, but I think it's time to get into why the vaccine and why they're pushing it. Today's not that day, but we'll do it. So, on to our final story of the day. Wow! I feel good. All right. Thank you, James. So, um, last week, U.S. agency in charge of telecommunications adopted rules to expand access to the suicide prevention hotline by establishing the ability to text in addition to calling. Last year, the FCC established a 988 as a new nationwide easy-to-remember three-digit number for Americans to connect with suicide prevention and mental health crisis counselors. As soon as next summer, people will be able to call or text 988 for instant access to the emergency services. So it's very interesting. So I don't, I don't recall exactly when 911 came into fruition. I know it was probably 30, 40 years ago. Um, and I know it was more of a local thing in different states and then it gradually grew to be nationwide as your emergency, you know, call numbers, right? And it's been a great thing. So now they have this uh, 988, which is for suicide prevention. And oddly enough, this past year, one of the highest causes of deaths in, in America was suicide. Whether it was from... I would say the majority of it had something to do with Corona. Not necessarily, oh, I'm sick with Corona, I'm going to kill myself, but, oh, I lost my job because of Corona, thus losing my house, my car, my family, whatever the case may be. So I killed myself, you know, or they're depressed or whatever the case is. And so this is a good thing. And, you know, sometimes it's easier. We, we all know this. We deal with people that you text because it's easier to text them than it is to talk to them or or it's easier to say things via text versus words because for whatever reason some people have a problem with with saying the words versus just texting the words you know that you get the 
and not saying this this is the situation of a, t- a keyboard tough guy type situation, but in essence, yes, where you you might text something that you're not willing to say out of your mouth. But nonetheless, if this is going to get people the help that they need, then by all means, guess what? It's a good thing. So that's our feel-good story of the day. Spread the word, 988. If you guys need help, please call that number. It's a lot easier to remember than a 1-800 number or whatever the case may be. And uh, so please, if you need help, talk to them. Call the number, text the number, get some help. And, uh, and may God be with all of you guys. And please, 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 <clears throat> if you go to the website, don'ttreadonamerica.com, you can get access to all of our social media platforms where I do put a lot of stuff on Facebook, probably more so than anything. Um, and like I said, I'm running that ad right now with Redcon. So like I said, if you're listening to this on Sunday, you have a few more hours before midnight. And depending on where you are in the country, obviously, it's it's even earlier. Um, folks in California, you know, if you're listening to this Sunday, it's before midnight. Click the link at the bottom of the uh, podcast app there. Get you get you some, some sweet shit from Redcon. Won't cost you a lot of money. You're going to save 40%. And uh, just make sure you use the promo code T20Cordimus. And uh, I guess that's all I got here today, guys. Um, It's November 28th, 2021. You guys have a great day. And I will see you guys or talk to you again on Wednesday. Uh, We'll talk later. Bye.